Hello, and thanks for joining us for episode eight of Married Well, the podcast. Welcome to Married Well, the podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Cree. As a practicing therapist and marriage counselor, I help modern couples rebalance their relationship. In this show, we explore the real issues faced by couples today and share the best strategies for making marriage work. Are you frustrated with your marriage, disappointed with the reality of your relationship, or are you just struggling to make it all work? You're not alone and you're in the right place. This is your source for real advice for real couples who want to stay married well. Have you ever thought to yourself, "Ugh, my husband has no idea what it takes to get all of this done. Or maybe you've had the brief thought of, wow, I wish I could be my husband for just one day. That seems so much easier than what I do. If you have ever had either one of those thoughts, I'm going to take a guess that unseen or invisible labor is creating a problem in your relationship. And if unseen labor is creating a problem in your relationship, I'm also going to take a guess that your partnership feels pretty unbalanced right now. And that's why on today's episode, I want to actually explore the concept of invisible labor. We're going to talk about invisible or unseen labor, how it's impacting your relationship, how it's creating huge problems in your marriage, and what you should do if you're feeling stressed out, overwhelmed, and unbalanced in your partnership. So grab a cup of coffee and let's chat. So as my listeners probably know, my family and I just got back from this short vacation to the indoor water park. And if you listened to the episode last week, you probably heard me talk about how much I love going to this indoor water park. Now, before kids, you would have never caught me dead at a place like this. I mean, it is kid heaven. There's this huge pool and a wave pool and a bunch of slides. There's just water everywhere, mini golf and arcade. It is kid heaven. And it's only two hours from where we live. So this is one of my favorite places to go as a parent. And this might sound a little silly, but one of the reasons why I love this place and why we had such a great vacation is that I find that the indoor water park is actually an amazing opportunity for me to take a break and catch some rest. So hear me out for a second. The indoor water park, everything is located in the same hotel. And there's a handful of restaurants and there's a bunch of activities. And for a few days, for a brief amount of time, there were no dishes to do. I didn't have any laundry to wash, no cleaning. I didn't have to wrestle my kids into the bath at the end of the day. And bedtimes were out of the window. But I also didn't have to plan any activities. I didn't have to make up any art projects or figure out what we're going to do after nap time. I didn't have to plan or really think about a single thing from the moment we checked into our room to the moment we hopped in the car and headed home. And this is why I love this water park. So it's a no-brainer that when we wanted to celebrate our kids and we wanted to tell them and show them that they did a great job with the school year, that we would just head down to the water park for a couple nights and take a mini vacation. And we had an amazing trip. 
And actually, it was pretty lucky that we booked the trip last weekend because, you know, if you're anywhere near Colorado, you probably heard that we got slammed with snow. So it was a wonderful way to begin the beginning of summer at an indoor water park. We didn't have to break out the kids' snowsuits or their snow boots for the last week. We just got to stay inside and play. So we were pretty lucky. And, you know, like I said, the trip went really, really well. Kids had a wonderful time. And both my husband and I really got a chance to rest. That being said, <laughs> like most of the couples that I know, my husband and I happen to find traveling with the kids extremely stressful, even if we're just talking about taking a car trip and driving a couple hours down the road. There's so much to plan and there's so much to do. And with two kids, especially young kids, there are so many things that can go wrong, even on that two-hour car trip. So while the trip itself was wonderful and really restful and really fun, getting to the hotel, well, that's a totally different story. And both my husband and I were, you know, it was the last day of school. We were pretty tired out. We'd had a lot of things to do that week to, you know, keep up with what the school expected us to do. And by the time we got to the water park, we were stressed out and we were tired. And like so many couples who are exhausted, overwhelmed, tired. Of course, when we got to the water park, we had a fight. I'm just going to be honest. So we got to the hotel room and we started bickering because the kids really wanted to go to the pool. You know, the weather was starting to get really nasty outside. Somebody had to go to the car and get the bags. We'd had some snacks. We had to put some stuff away in the little hotel mini fridge. There's just a lot of things to do. A lot of stress. And we started bickering about the silliest thing about who was going to go get the bags and who was going to take the kids to the pool. And so this goes back and forth for about 10 or 15 minutes. And of course, the kids are bouncing off the wall and my husband and I were trying to get everything taken care of and our bickering is kind of escalating back and forth. And at some point, my husband, he looked at me and he said, I just need a break. I have done most of the planning for this trip and I just need a chance to relax right now. And actually, I don't think he said it that kindly. I'll be honest. I think he said something like, I just need you to get off my back for a minute. And let me tell you, that was the wrong thing to say. That whole thing was the wrong thing to say. And I don't know, for about two seconds, I did kind of flash red. But what he talked about when he said, hey, honey, I feel like I have done everything for this trip. That made me stop in my tracks. And it actually made me slow down, take a deep breath and kind of reflect on what was going on. And here's why that moment caused me pause. Why it's kind of stopped me in my tracks is because I know my husband well enough to know that at least in that moment, he genuinely did believe that he had done most of the planning for the trip. He booked the reservations he did the driving and he even did the kids laundry the day before. So I know in my heart and in his heart, he really did believe that he had done most of the work for the trip. But I also knew that he had no idea about what I had done to get ready for the trip. He had no idea about the unseen or the invisible work that I had been doing all week. And quite frankly, in the weeks leading up to the trip to make sure that we were ready. Like packing the bags for the kids, silly things like making sure we had new coloring books and the right snacks for the car. There are so many things that I had done to get ready for the trip that he had 
absolutely no idea that I had taken care of. And as we were arguing, he felt completely unappreciated and completely unseen because I'll be honest, I wasn't acknowledging his hard work. And I felt completely unseen and unappreciated as well because he wasn't acknowledging my hard work. But luckily I also realized he had no way to acknowledge my work because he had no idea that it had happened. I hadn't talked to him about any of the things that I had taken care of beforehand. I hadn't talked to him about all of the little bits and pieces that needed to happen that I was doing behind the scenes. And so when he told me, I feel like I did everything for this trip, it was the truth. (laughs) And it was because I hadn't shared and we hadn't talked. Now, you know, luckily my husband and I, we've been together for about 15 years. We have two kids. So for better, for worse, we're pretty good at fighting, fighting fair and recovering. And this conflict was pretty short-lived by the time we got the kids dressed and the bags unpacked and we were splashing around in the wave pool, everything was fine. And we were feeling good again. But I think this moment is really illustrative of what happens so often in so many marriages. I know that it happens in mine is that there's this misunderstanding about the actual workload or the things that it takes to make a marriage work, to make a family work. And this misunderstanding about all of the unseen, invisible labor can cause a rift in a relationship. It did for us. And again, for us, it was momentary, but for so many of the couples that I work with as a couples therapist and as a couples coach, this rift can be deep, painful, and lasting. And that's why I want to talk about the concept of invisible or unseen labor today. That's really what I want to explore in this podcast, because this topic of invisible labor, it comes up time and time again for the couples that I work with. And just like I described, it comes up in my own marriage time and time again. Maybe you've heard the term invisible labor before. And if you haven't, that's okay. We'll describe what it is. But I just want to make this point before we get there that invisible labor is real labor and the weight of it can be crushing. When you don't talk about invisible labor, when you don't discuss the unseen tasks between you and your spouse, it can ruin your relationship. Because going unnoticed and unseen and unacknowledged can create so much resentment. And if there's a ton of unseen and invisible labor in your relationship, your marriage or partnership will be unbalanced. And like we've talked about so many times before on this podcast, when your marriage is unbalanced and things don't feel fair, it's really hard to connect. So let's deep dive real quick. What is invisible labor? So many of you have probably heard about this term. This is not a new term, but it is a very important one. At its core, invisible labor is the unpaid work that often goes unnoticed, unacknowledged, and undervalued in our society. So this invisible labor can happen in the home, and that's most often where we think about it. I mean, we think about all the unpaid work that goes into raising kids, managing a household, but it can also happen in the workplace, right? The little things that 
one has to do to be successful. This beautiful example of unpaid labor is the time and energy, for example, that a woman might take to do her hair and put on her makeup before a big meeting. That's an expectation of her. It's an implicit expectation. And that is labor. That is work. It's part of her job that goes unpaid, unseen, and unacknowledged. It's a drain on her resources and her time. So invisible labor is this pretty broad concept that can encompass a lot of different things. And historically, invisible labor has included a lot of things that happen in the home, like childcare, housework, and just the general caregiving that goes into raising a family. Step back for a second and think about all of the things you do every day from sunup to sundown to keep your kids happy, fed, and moving to keep your marriage put together, to make sure that you guys have everything you need to move through your week. All of that is labor. And if you are like most women, most, most parents, but particularly most women, most of that labor is unseen, unacknowledged, and certainly unpaid. And while historically this term has referred to a lot of physical things, that women do. It can be men, but it's mostly women. While this historically has referred to a lot of the physical things that women have done around the home, in the digital age, the realm of unpaid, invisible labor has just exploded to include even more tasks. Because before, while this was really all about doing the laundry and taking care of the kids... Now we have technology and technology hasn't made our lives any easier. You know, despite this kind of myth that technology is so wonderful, in many ways it is, but it has also brought a lot of challenges into our households and into our lives. You know, right now we live in this 24-7 culture where we are expected to be on all the time when it comes to work, but we're also expected to be on 24-7 when it comes to the kids and raising a family. And now these invisible duties, these unpaid duties have become more complex. So just think about it for a second. Not only are you responsible for responding to your boss's email when they send it out at 5.30 at night, you're also responsible for communicating with your child's teacher and for managing their online classroom and for paying attention to the mommy Facebook group that tells you when the next activities are that you're supposed to take your kid to. Technology has added this new layer of complexity to all of the unpaid and invisible labor that goes into raising a family. And it's important to note that invisible labor also includes both the mental, emotional, and relational labor that goes into caregiving for family. So here's an example of mental labor. If you keep a running list in your head of the groceries that you need to get at the end of the week, that is mental labor. If you are constantly, like I know most moms, constantly you know, worried about your kids and how they're doing and how you're feeling, that is mental and emotional labor. If you are coordinating the relationships between your kids and their grandparents, or sometimes your kids and your in-laws, that is mental, emotional, and relational labor. All of these things that we do day in and day out without thinking, they are work. 
and they are often unseen and unacknowledged. And I want to go straight to the heart of the issue. Invisible labor is something that falls primarily on the shoulders of women. In the U.S., married mothers spend nearly double the time on housework and childcare than American fathers do. All of this is unpaid. And while women are spending more and more time in the workplace than ever before, men's contributions to life at home have simply not caught up. The reality is that on average, women still complete significantly more unpaid housework and childcare than their partners. And while men have certainly stepped it up since the 1960s, it would be hard to call this a fair and equal partnership in most families. And now men, if you're listening and you're feeling frustrated and put out, please don't. This is again, on average, the reality is, and the numbers bear it out is that on average, women still carry the large burden of caretaking, child rearing and household work in a family. And men, that doesn't mean that you don't try, it's just not equal. So if your relationship feels unbalanced and you feel like you're carrying more than your fair share of the load, you are not alone. And while that might be a slight comfort, carrying the weight of your household, doing all of this unpaid invisible labor can, does, and will lead to burnout, resentment, and ultimately disappointment in your marriage and your partner. Today, we expect more from our marriages, but you know, most women aren't actually getting that. And if you step back and you think about the last couple of years, the last few years have been even harder on women in terms of unpaid labor than they have been in the previous decade and early research and just basic sense bears this out. The last couple of years have been particularly bad for American women as we have carried the largest burden of unpaid labor and caregiving created by the realities of the pandemic. When you add up the childcare, the housework, the mental labor, the emotional labor, the relational labor, the communication, the coordination, the schooling, when you add up everything that goes into managing a family, making a marriage work, that is a lot of unpaid labor. And by and large, the vast majority of that labor is not only unpaid, it is unseen. And that is why we call it invisible. And when we talk about invisible labor, I actually like to use the word unseen, especially when I'm talking to couples, because unseen kind of brings to light the core issue in this labor is that it is unacknowledged and unappreciated within the partnership, within the marriage. And that is what is creating the challenge for modern marriages. Yes, we are all overwhelmed. We are absolutely exhausted and we feel awful about it because our contributions largely go unacknowledged and unappreciated. And when this happens, when you go unacknowledged and unappreciated, you will feel resentful. You will feel overwhelmed, resentful, unsupported, and alone. And this is even worse when you feel like you can't talk about it with your spouse. 
So I want to share with you a story about a couple I worked with recently. Let's just call them Tori and Greg. Tori and Greg reached out to me because they couldn't come to an agreement about how to manage the business of being married. And if you follow my Instagram or you listen to my podcast, you probably know that the business of being married is all of the things, all of the to-do items, the responsibilities, the duties that it takes to make a marriage and make a household work. And the business of being married can be everything from doing the laundry to picking up the groceries, to paying the bills, to childcare. The business of being married is all of these things that actually have to happen to get you through the day, right? To make sure that your family has what they need. And Tori and Greg came to me recently because they could not stop fighting about the business of being married. They could not stop fighting about the chores and who was doing what and how often and how it got done. And even though they had stopped having what I call like hot conflict or, you know, verbal arguments and yelling, there was still this simmering tension in their household. I mean, they had kind of come to this tacit agreement about things. I mean, Tori did her thing and Greg did his thing and they kind of were working parallel to each other and getting stuff done, but there was still this tension, this underlying frustration for both of them about how things were going in their households and more importantly, how they related to each other. Now, the great thing was Tori and Greg were both really committed to making their marriage work, but the conflict and the confusion really over how to divide the household chores had really driven a wedge between them. And they were starting to drift further and further apart. Like I mentioned, you know, Tori and Greg were kind of doing their own thing. You know, they each had their chores, they had their responsibilities and they didn't really talk that much. And because they didn't really talk, they got frustrated. They got resentful when they were resentful. They didn't really feel like they were supporting each other. And then their friendship kind of started to weaken. So this fight, this conflict that started over chores ended up driving them apart as a couple. And like I said earlier, it was really great because they were committed to working on their marriage. They really wanted to stay together, but Tori in particular felt like something has to change. She wanted to make her marriage work, but at the same time, she couldn't really imagine spending the rest of her life doing most of the work around the house, to put it quite bluntly. And Tori felt like she was carrying the weight of their family and their marriage. And she was incredibly overwhelmed. And because she was overwhelmed and because she felt so alone and so unsupported, Tori was also really angry with Greg. I mean, she felt really angry with her husband and especially with the stress of the last couple of years and all of the uncertainty and all of the challenges with childcare this anger had kind of turned to a simmering resentment. And when she and Greg started bickering, that resentment would bubble over to the surface. And while they didn't fight often, when they did fight, it was pretty bad. And because Tori just couldn't seem to get Greg to carry his fair share of the load, or really to even understand why she was so overwhelmed and so stressed, she had this general feeling that Greg didn't care about the marriage anymore and that he didn't support her. And sometimes that he didn't even respect her. And while this couldn't have been further from the truth. And after talking to Greg, 
you know, it was pretty clear that he was engaged in the relationship. He really did care about his marriage and he cared about Tori. It was hard for Tori to believe this because she felt so alone and so unsupported. And like I mentioned, Greg's not a bad guy. He's actually, he's actually a really good guy. And he is actually really engaged, a super engaged parent. He wants to support his wife, but at the same time, he was confused and frustrated. No matter what Greg did, it didn't seem like it was ever enough and it didn't seem like it was right. So Tori was frustrated and resentful and Greg was defensive. He felt like even when he brought his A game to the business of being married, he still got criticized and nagged and picked on for the work that he did or didn't do around the house. And as we talked, Tori and Greg both both discussed how unappreciated and how unseen they felt by their partners. And really that was part of the core of what was going on is they felt unseen and unappreciated because their labor, their work, their contributions to the marriage, to the family, to the household were unseen and unappreciated. And this went on both sides, even though objectively on paper, Tori was doing more of the unpaid labor around the house. Greg was doing his share and he had no idea what Tori was doing. And really she had very little idea about what he was doing. And because neither one of them talked, they didn't have a greater sense of how each person was contributing to the partnership. And both of them, again, even though, you know, Tori was objectively doing the bulk of the labor, both of them felt unseen and they both needed to connect and communicate about the work that was being done in the house. In exploring the contributing factors to Tori and Greg's relationship problems, we began to focus on this concept of invisible or unseen labor. And as we explore the idea of unseen labor, and we began to really label and make visible the unseen work of raising a family and managing a home and nurturing a marriage, Tori and Greg were able to recognize and to see each other's contributions to making their marriage work. And the more Tori was able to label her labor and really show it sort of metaphorically and sometimes literally to Greg, the easier it was for Greg to see how much she did around the house, the easier it was for him to understand why she felt so overwhelmed by the day-to-day tasks that to him just seemed to magically get done. And the more and more we talked about unseen labor and the more and more we explored what it really took to manage their marriage, to make their marriage work, the better that Tori and Greg got at problem solving as a team. The more they communicated about what actually was happening in the home, the more understood they both felt, the more seen and appreciated they both felt, and they were better able to divide the labor because both of them had a much greater understanding of what it actually took to make their lives work. And over time, after some communication and some work and some deep dive into their feelings and what they needed, Tori and Greg were able to compromise. They were able to come up with a solution that felt 
more fair and more balanced. At the end of the day, Greg really stepped it up. And because Tori could see him stepping up, making changes, helping more with all of those little tiny tasks that used to bog her down, she felt so much more supported and so much more connected to him. And because Tori and Greg did a great job at keeping up their communication, instead of continuing on these parallel paths, kind of doing their own thing and living separate lives, they started to feel like a team again. And the more they felt like a team, the less resentful they both felt, the less hurt they felt, the less alone Tori felt in her marriage and the deeper their friendship started to get. So figuring out how to manage the burden of invisible labor, the weight of all the unseen tasks that had to happen in their home really helped Tori and Greg grow closer as a couple. And now they feel really good. Both of them feel really happy about their marriage. They feel really connected. And while the workload has not changed, both of them feel less stressed and less overwhelmed because at the end of the day, they both know we're in it together. And it's that sense of we're in it together that makes all the difference in the world for marriage. And I am so happy for Tori and Greg. Like I mentioned, they are an awesome couple. And I love sharing their story because the topic of invisible labor is one that comes up time and time again in the therapy room and with the couples that I coach. And if you want to build a better balance in your partnership, you have to learn how to talk about invisible labor. Every day I help couples rebalance their partnership. And this is a huge piece of what we do. We talk about the unseen labor that happens in the home. And this is where most couples go wrong. They don't actually talk about it. Most couples never really talk about the invisible labor that goes on in their households, or at least not in any meaningful or helpful way. And this is what I mean. Most couples make these assumptions about what the other person sees what the other person knows or should know. And they never really step back and break it down step-by-step for their partners, all of the things that they do, all of the weight that they carry. And this is one of the reasons why I like to call invisible labor, unseen labor, especially when I'm talking with couples, because it is so easy to fall into the trap of blaming your partner for not knowing any better. And this is something that I work with couples all the time on. One of the biggest mistakes that often women make in their relationship is they have this belief that their partner should just know everything that they do and everything that they carry. And you and I could have this philosophical argument on why men struggle to see what is being done, why they don't know what is being done, why they are socialized to pay less attention to all of those little things in a household and in a marriage. I mean, you and I could have a philosophical conversation. We could talk all day long about the whys and what's wrong with that, (laughs) but let's put that aside, right? You know, our, our husbands, our partners, they are a product of the ocean that we're swimming in. And when they're in relationship with us, 
they genuinely do not see the labor. And when we make the assumption that they should, or when we have the belief that they should just know, they should just know what I do. You know, they should know what it takes to cook a meal, to plan a grocery list, to, you know, get the kids packed and ready for a trip. Like what happened with me and my husband, when we make those assumptions, we set ourselves up and we set our partners up for failure. So when it comes to not communicating about unseen labor, I find that couples generally fall into two traps. One is that mindset trap that I just talked about. This is the belief that your partner should just know what you need to do to get things done, that they should just have this innate sense of your to-do list. And if they really cared, they would already know what you needed to get done in a day and they would just step it up. And I hear this all the time. If he cared, he would know. If he wanted to help, he would pay attention. In the therapy world, we often call this mind reading or the belief that your partner should just be able to read your mind and understand what you want and what you need without you needing to tell them. And as you can tell by the term mind reading, this is kind of a form of magical thinking, right? This unfair belief that if they cared, they would just know if he really loved me, I wouldn't have to tell him. And this is a mindset trap that so many couples fall into when it comes to unseen labor. They don't talk about the unseen labor because they kind of believe somewhere deep down that their partner should just already know what needs to get done. So the topic, quite frankly, just doesn't really come up. So that's the one trap that couples fall into. And the second trap that couples fall into when they don't communicate about unseen or invisible labor is the conflict trap. And this is a trap that many couples fall into when they find themselves arguing or fighting about things like chores and childcare. In this trap, couples do talk about the invisible labor, the overwhelming burden of raising kids and running a household, but they only really talk about this during conflict. The only time that this really comes up in any substantial way is when they're having a fight. And as you probably know from your own experience, moments of conflict are generally not calm, listening, exploratory moments, right? They tend to be really heated. I don't know about you, but when my partner and I are fighting, I tend to feel really defensive and it is hard for me to hear and to communicate in moments of conflict. And so in the second trap, couples do talk about unseen labor, but they only talk about it in those moments of conflict. And because they're talking about it during conflict, it very rarely leads to any deeper understanding or any deeper sense of problem solving. And these are the two traps that couples fall into when they struggle to communicate or when they just don't communicate about all of the invisible labor or unseen labor that happens in their relationship. And so my top tip for couples, it's pretty simple. If you are struggling with the burden of unseen labor and you feel like your relationship is completely unbalanced, my top tip is to start talking. Start talking about the labor that goes into making your marriage work and make sure that you set some calm time aside to actually have this conversation. I mean, after all, you cannot solve a problem if you cannot talk about it. 
And you cannot talk about it unless you're in a calm headspace, unless you're in a really good space with your partner, you're not going to have a productive conversation. So again, my top tip is to just start talking, really spend some time reflecting on all of the things, all of the things that you do from the physical labor to the mental labor, to the emotional labor, reflect on all of the things that you do day in and day out, sunrise to sundown that you can share with your partner. And when you start talking to your partner, be on the lookout for criticism or a critical tone, because I'm just going to give you a fair warning at first this conversation can feel very critical to the receiving partner, especially if you start the conversation off by telling them what they're doing wrong. So if you start the conversation with your partner by telling them, hey, you're not helping me enough around the house, you're not supporting me, you need to step it up, they're going to immediately go into defensive mode and they're not going to be able to hear you. So instead of leading with what they're doing wrong, my top tip is to lead with a more general discussion of the topic and spend some time exploring the topic with your partner and create a space or an opportunity for both of you to talk about the unseen things that you do. And when you're talking about this unseen labor, you might find that not only do your partner's eyes kind of open up to what your day-to-day life looks like, but that your eyes might open up as well. And once you start to see each other as a team working together, it is so much easier to problem solve around the weight of all the work that has to get done. And here is why this works for couples. Open, gentle communication, like the type that I'm talking about, creates an opportunity to approach the labor of managing home, a family, and marriage as a team. And teamwork, partnership is one of the four cornerstones of building a better marriage. So if you want to find a more balanced partnership, if you want to build a better relationship with your spouse, you need to start talking and you need to start talking about the labor that goes into raising a family and making a marriage work. If unseen or invisible labor is overwhelming your life and ruining your relationship, you are not alone. For more tips and tricks on how to communicate with your partner, follow me on Instagram. And don't forget to join my waitlist for my upcoming workshop series for an opportunity to level up your communication skills live and in real time. Head on over to marriedwell.co slash waitlist and stay tuned for more details. Thanks for listening to Married Well, the podcast. Have a comment or a topic you'd like me to cover? I'd love to hear from you over on Instagram at married.well. Show notes and resources can be found at marriedwell.co. Special thanks to Emily Harding for producing this episode. Ready to level up your relationship? Start with my free quiz at marriedwell.co slash quiz and get a tailored to you strategy to overcome your biggest relationship roadblocks. Remember, relationships don't have to be this hard. You can be married well. See you next time.